0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the
1: brand new Las Vegas Raiders.
0: This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports.
2: Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor, Marcus Mosher. And one that's hard to process here coming into our newsroom, this one is Involving Henry Ruggs and a fatal traffic accident early this morning in Las Vegas. Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofolo and Tom Pellicero with me now. Tom, you just tweeted a statement from Las Vegas police. Henry Ruggs is facing charges.
0: That's right, Andrew. Henry Ruggs III, the former first-round draft pick by the Las Vegas Raiders, will be charged with DUI resulting in death
2: after an early Tuesday morning car crash left one dead. It occurred roughly after 3 a.m. this morning. Uh, There is no further information about the identity of the other person involved in the crash. It said the rugs remained on the
0: scene. He showed signs of impairment, and he will be charged. Well, that's how it sounded on Tuesday morning on the Mm -hmm. NFL Network, Marcus. Just another terrible, sad story coming out of Las Vegas, but this one... And this one just hits a little different with a person losing their life. And and as you tweeted and I agree with you 100%, just a completely avoidable situation. What what's your what's your take on what's going on with Henry Ruggs and the Raiders?
1: Yeah, it's just awful. You feel terrible to to the family of you know the person that died in this car accident and there's no words that we can say that's going to, you know, bring them back to life. So it's just it's absolutely tragic and it's completely avoidable and it's awful that it had to happen man there's still so much in the air that we don't know ryan and we should we should just be up front like we're recording this on tuesday afternoon uh depending on where when you listen to this a lot could have changed by then but obviously it's a huge huge uh loss the raiders or you can assume that henry ruggs is not going to be playing the rest of the season nor should he um and it's awful that have to think about the football part of this but we are a football podcast, and it's gonna—it's certainly gonna hurt the Raiders' chances going forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and we'll and we'll talk about that. And you know, just on—you know—you're a young professional athlete with tons of money, mm-hmm. and you're out in Las Vegas. And I mean, there's probably so many driving services available to you. It's not even funny. And uh, not to mention, the team would bend over backwards if you had to get home after yes. you had a couple of drinks, right? I just—that's the one <laughs> cool. point here. There's zero excuse for Rugs to be driving around Vegas drunk at three forty in the morning.
1: Absolutely. And it's not just an excuse for, a, you know, excuse for a player. I mean, anybody, nobody should be driving, from, obviously, but yeah. especially an NFL player, because they, the NFL Players Association negotiated this as part of the last bargaining deal, that the players have a service where they can call a number. Somebody will come pick you up wherever you're at, take you home. They'll go and pick up your car and it's completely anonymous. They don't have to tell the team. They don't have to tell your employer, anything like that. So there's absolutely no excuse to ever get behind the wheel if you're intoxicated at all. It's just, again, it's completely avoidable, and it's awful that we're having to talk about this today.
0: Yeah, a similar story actually happened in 2009. Do you remember Dante Stallworth, Marcus? I do. Yeah, I do. so I mean, he drove drunk on a March morning. He he ran into a 58-year-old man who's Mario Reyes. He was crossing mm-hmm. the street in Miami trying to catch a bus, and Stallworth uh, hit him, killed him. And Stallworth pleaded guilty to DUI manslaughter and he was, you know, on trial and could have been sent to prison for up to 15 years. But he ended up getting sentenced to 30 days in jail. He was suspended for one full season and he was allowed mm-hmm. to come back. And I think since then he's been an advocate for DUI and, you know, or, you know, Fantastic. Not, yep. not doing DUI. You know what I mean there? And uh, yeah. this is where Ruggs is at. You, you just mentioned that. I, I think, I, you know, the difference there is Stallworth's situation happened in the offseason. There was a lot of time to kind of unpack it. This is midseason. So I don't know if the league or the legal thing, that's going to take some time to uh, you know unpack. I think the Raiders need to step in and probably shut Ruggs down. I would imagine that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's again, there's so many moving parts here. So from the last time that we heard, Ruggs was still in the hospital. So he's not it doesn't sound like he would even be in shape to play on Sunday if he were eligible. But it seems like if the Raiders don't release him in the upcoming days, which... I kind of think should be the move anyways. Yep. It sounds like the NFL could put him on the commissioner's list. I will say I'm not a legal expert at all, Ryan. It's just something I'm not good at. But from kind of looking at some of the some of the charges, there's no probation available for this kind of uh, DUI with with murder in Nevada. It seems like the minimum sentence is 2 years with a maximum sentence of 20 years, and if he's convicted, he's facing jail time. So uh, I know the situation's a little bit different than Stalworth, but it does seem like Ruggs is in really bad trouble here.
0: Okay, so last part on this story is where the Raiders go, you know, on the football field. Which again, that's it's hard to just turn the page and do that, but that we're going to we're just going to do that because that's what we do. It's a podcast talking, it's a talk show about football. So yeah. uh, the trade deadline, I was you know, excited before I turned on the computer this morning, Marcus, <laughs> to come and talk to you about the trade deadline and the Raiders coming off their bye week and maybe talk about some some other storylines around the league and kind of get reset. But, you know, one story here that's come out r- literally before we started recording here, on like, like you said, on a Tuesday, Deshaun Jackson, he's expected to be released after the Rams. They tried to find a trade partner. They couldn't find him. Yep. Yep. He's an obvious choice for the Raiders to go get, right? I mean, Jackson, he's kind of limited, but it seems like all he does is either catch... Zero balls on two targets or catch a 70-yard touchdown. <laughs> that's all That's all Deshaun Jackson does.
1: It, and so that's really all that they would need, work. right? Yeah. The, the, it, he he uh, will be placed on waivers on Tuesday, which means a team could theoretically pick him up on Wednesday. But because of his contract, I don't think he's going to get claimed, which means the Raiders could pick him up for basically pennies and play him the rest of the season in that rugs role. I think that makes a ton of sense because – they don't need a number one receiver on the outside. All they need is a guy that can make one or two big plays down the field a game. And Deshaun Jackson can do that because the rest of the offense flows through Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Foster Moreau. I think it makes too much sense for the Raiders not to go out and get Deshaun Jackson.
0: Okay. So Marcus, I'm always, I'm always fired up to come and talk to you uh, on the podcast. One of my favorite things. And especially coming out of the bye, because last year we did a segment, five questions from around the NFL, and I love that segment with you because you know everything about football. You just do. If, if people follow. I don't know that's true. Try, I try to. Follow Marcus on Twitter. There's not a game that he's not live tweeting. It's so fun. It's um, true. So, yeah. So, we're going to put this first segment behind us with this terrible, sad story with Henry Ruggs. And we're going to do five questions from around the league with Marcus right after this.
2: This is the sports Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting.
3: Corey Banini of TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays for Week 9 of the fantasy football season. We're back to four teams on a bye, so we might have to dig a little deeper than usual. Quarterback Tua tonga Bailoa versus the Houston Texans. Houston is tied for the fifth most fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks in 2021. Six passers have gone for at least 21.7 fantasy points, including Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. Not exactly world beaters. Tua can play loose knowing he doesn't have to worry about the Deshaun Watson trade looming over. Wide receiver Devontae Parker came back and looked pretty good. And with a limited pass rush, there's also another thing he doesn't have to worry about. He makes for a sound bi-weaker injury fill-in. New York Giants running back Devontae Booker versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Presuming Saquon Barkley doesn't return as he's still dealing with an ankle injury and also landed on the COVID list this week, Booker will face his former employer in Week 9. The Raiders return from their bye week with a defense that has given up the sixth most rushing yards per game in the last five weeks, and three times in those four previous games, a running back went into the end zone with the ball in his hands. Toss in a pair of receiving scores, and we're looking at a slightly better than favorable matchup scenario for the versatile Booker. The six-year veteran has produced double-digit PPR points in four straight contests. Lock him in as long as Barkley is out. Wide receiver Jarvis Landry, Cleveland Browns at Cincinnati Bengals. Head coach Kevin Stefanski said Odell Beckham Jr. ostensibly has been kicked off the team, which makes Landry the de facto number one receiver. In a way, he kind of was already. He and quarterback Baker Mayfield always had better chemistry than Mayfield did with OBJ. Since week three, wide receivers have recorded the fifth most receptions for the ninth most yards per game against the Bengals. Over the course of 2021, in eight games, a dozen receivers have at least five catches to their name, and a matching 12 wideouts have 10 plus PPR points against his defense, and only five of those guys have found the end zone. Landry should be a PPR monster in this one. Tight end Jared Cook at Philadelphia Eagles. Quarterback Justin Herbert has two great wide receivers. And an awesome pass-catching running back at his disposal, making Cook hard to count on on a weekly basis in fantasy football. Both of his receiving touchdowns this year have come in the last four weeks, which is a plus. In the last five weeks, the Eagles have given up more volume than all but three teams, and one in nine receptions has found the end zone. That's the 11th highest rate. Anyone playing Cook should be hoping for a touchdown, and four times in the last five games against this defense, a tight end has done just that. For more fantasy football news and advice, please check out the award-winning content at thehuddle.com.
2: That was your Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See for terms and conditions, 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado.
0: All right, Marcus, so here's my first question for you. Coming out of the bye week for the Raiders, we're going to reset where we're at in the league. The big story for the trade deadline was Vaughn Miller, right? That ended up being a hmm. big trade. The Rams trading two 2022 draft picks, two day two draft picks for Miller, essentially going all in on a Super Bowl run this season. And they also traded their first-round picks in 2022 and 2023 for Matt Stafford, right? So they now have basically uh-huh. no draft picks. Um, so do you approve or disapprove with the Rams' team-building strategy, which has a heavy emphasis on win now and very little emphasis on building through the draft?
1: So first and foremost, I love how you don't prep me for these questions. Uh, no. because I know. you. I know you want just my raw take, which yep. is fantastic. Yep. Fast I'm and furious. I, I love the strategy because it's not like the Rams are completely ignoring the draft. They've made just about as many picks as any other team has in the league over the last couple of years. They're just a lot of day two, day three picks, right? They just don't have the premium picks, So they're filling the end of the roster with late day three picks. And then they're using their top end capital to get guys that we already know are good, right? You're hoping when you draft somebody in the first round, they're good. They're getting guys that are already superstars. So, I love it. I love that the Rams are being aggressive. They know they're in a championship window. I think they're the best team in football, and this makes them even better. Kudos to the Rams. I love this trade.
0: So, real quick on this topic, do you think they're just overreacting to that horrible contract they gave Jared Goff a few years ago and Todd Gurley?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I just, I love the recent moves they've made because almost all of them have worked, right? The Jalen Ramsey trade has been fantastic. The Matthew Stafford trade looks like an absolute steal after what, eight weeks? He looks like the MVP of the league. So how can you criticize a team for going out and getting guys that they know they're going to play well in their system and are looking to go out and win another Super Bowl? I just think it's great. Poor Tom Brady.
0: He's now going to worry about Aaron Donald and Von Miller coming after him. He's The Rams have already had his number. So Listen, go, you are the only,
1: you're the only person in the world that says the phrase, <laughs> poor Tom Brady. Poor Tom. I think he's okay. I think he's okay.
0: Poor Tom, Marcus. Okay, number two, the first head <laughs> coach who should be fired, if, if a coach is going to be fired – midseason or the first coach to be fired, who should it be? There's a couple bozos out there for you.
1: Oh, it should be Matt Nagy. I, I don't know why he's still there. It's pretty clear the offense is better without him. He's just getting in the way. Promote Bill Lazor, who is pretty clearly a pretty good offensive play caller. It's just a team that's going nowhere with with Nagy. We know that they're going to move on from him after the year. Do it now, and you can get a head start of the coaching search. Maybe you can go out and as soon as the season's over, start interviewing some of the top candidates.
0: Yeah, I had a, I had Vic Fangio and Matt Nagy were 1A, 1B for me. Oh, um, so, well, both of those guys should yeah, be gone. That's some great. other guys who made my list, uh, Urban Meyer. And Dan Campbell, he's like the cutest head coach with an eight an 0-8 record in NFL history, Dan Campbell. Everyone <sighs> loves him, and it's like, what the hell's going on there in Detroit? So yeah, there's, there's a, there's a uh, couple of good options. He,
1: his team usually plays hard, they so do. I'm not going to criticize him, him too much.
0: And his approach against the Rams with all the fake punts and in the, in the surprise, yeah, outs, like, that was awesome.
1: Right, but he's also playing with Jared Goff, at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. come on,
0: he's, he's at a disadvantage. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> uh, question number three, Marcus, finish this sentence for me. The personal foul penalty called on the Bengals at the end of their loss to the Jets was Ooh,
1: frustrating. Yeah, because that's not the way that we want to see games end. If you're a fan, uh, listen now. I I bet on the Jets outright money line, so I'm not going to complain too much about it. Right, I, my my bank account feels very happy for that call. However. As the sports fan of me, I hated it. That's not the way that football is designed to be played. You could have very easily called that on Ty Johnson and not on Mike Hilton. I don't know. It just seems like you're, you're looking at the rule too closely. You're looking for a call to be, to make uh, in that situation. I, I just hated it, Ryan.
0: Yeah, I agree. How does the NFL get less officious, right? How do we get less flags? I mean, I know like the taunting penalty thing, and every week we're watching these fifteen yarders stay stay out of the way. Yeah, the the refs just need to
1: stay out of the way because those games are. That was a really fun game throughout, and to have it end that way is awful.
0: Yeah, that was terrible. We got to get less officious, especially at the end of the game. So number four, another sentence you can finish for me: Green Bay's win over the Cardinals last Thursday night was
1: ooh storybook. I I mean, this is the last dance for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. You needed to win like that. Without your top three receivers going on the road against a seven and team, and what do you do? You take care of business. I, I mean, it was pretty incredible. Again, Arizona, what in the world are you doing? Can, can some can some team just like be confident at the end of the fourth quarter against Aaron Rodgers? That's all I'm asking. Like Seriously. the 49ers messed up, uh, you know, not running the clock against the Packers in week three or whatever that was. Can we just get a team to play some competent football against Green Bay?
0: Another amazing regular season performance by Aaron Rodgers. You know, look at that. And, and wow. I got to tell you, Marcus, side comment Packers' Twitter is so soft. I mean, everybody's oh, yes, lining they up. Are. Yes. Everyone's Get lining up. There, up to, yeah, everyone's lining up to pump up Aaron Rodgers. Everyone. No, no one was saying a bad word. Everyone's like, oh man, Aaron Rodgers, brilliant, awesome win, statement win by the Packers. And yet everyone can't keep Tom Brady's name out of their mouth.
1: Oh, look, That's see, right. Tom Brady couldn't do that. He wouldn't have yeah, been able I to win to that ridiculous. game. It's like,
0: what's going on with that, Marcus?
1: Listen, I'm not going to say too much bad about future. Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Aaron Rodgers, but uh, yeah, I mean, can, can we just just back up a little bit? Come on, get get
0: Tom Brady's name out of your mouth, Packers. <laughs> Quick, get out of here. Uh, all right, our last question is uh, it's kind of a fun one, Marcus. What NFL stadium has been your best experience as a fan? Where have you gone? That's
1: been your best. Experience? Ooh, th- that's a really good question. Um, it's Orchard Park out in Buffalo. Not the stadium is an absolute dump. Let's get that. If you you put all the stadiums together, that's by far the worst of them. But the fans out in Buffalo are incredible. That's you fun. you get to see guys jumping off tables or jumping off cars on the tables. You get to see this guy running in ketchup and mustard throughout the parking lot. This is a true thing. They do it every week. They have a guy running naked to the street and people <laughs> squirt ketchup and mustard on him. That's terrible. The people, you, There's no parking lot. There's You just park in people's yards and you pay them like 20 bucks. It's the best. It's the most fun I've ever had going to a game.
0: Yeah, Buffalo's on my list. I, I went... Uh, I went to a Patriots game in Buffalo. It was great. I also went to Cleveland when Brady came mm. back from that. The gate suspension. I was there for that. That was awesome. I've been to MetLife in New Jersey. Terrible yep. stadium. Don't go there. Awesome. No, that place yep. is terrible. I think my favorite, though, was Baltimore. I went to a Ravens game on a Sunday night. Brady versus Flacco that year. Flacco won the Super Bowl. That was yep. still the most fun I've ever had in a stadium. It was dark and scary and loud and I was Bal-
1: Yeah. Baltimore night games are a lot of fun. Yeah. It's really really loud there. The energy there is incredible. Still, Buffalo, I mean depending on when you go to a Buffalo game because if you're going in December and January, it's like negative temperatures there, but yep. man, the, the experience is so much fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. I was wearing a w- bright white Brady jersey in Baltimore on that Sunday night game, Marcus, and I was <laughs> oh, scared man. for my life during the game. It I'm was, glad that you're okay. It was, yeah, Jeez. Jeez. it was it was really fun. I have some family moving to Sheboygan, Wisconsin, so I'm going to have to get the Lambeau Field thing checked off my mm. bucket list. And my little brother lives in Austin, so I still have a Cowboys trip. Uh, I need Listen, to. Do. I need to do
1: it. This is for, this is for Packers Twitter because you guys are so soft. Are you ready? Yeah. Green Bay Lambeau, little overrated. You guys oh, aren't as cool as you it. think you are. Let's just say that
0: okay cool so that everybody says that's like the poetic thing you got to go to lambeau field so that i'm gonna have to i have to go and fight out for myself i think
1: yeah, it's just it's fine like it's a really cool stadium but it's it doesn't have the same aura around it that you green bay packer fans think it does it's not that great
0: so again five questions with marcus another round i didn't prep you at all and you just handle yourself so well you're so impressive marcus so thank good you i appreciate that. That. So good at that all right raiders giants we'll get into that game coming up next
2: this is the Typico Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting.
4: What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet and Podcast presented by Sportsbookwire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie Nathan Beagle to break down this week's Sunday night football game with the Tennessee Titans visiting the Los Angeles Rams. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Rams' favorite seven and a half. The money lines are Titans plus 280, Rams minus 370 for an outright win. The total is 53 and a half. I'm on the over 53.5 here because there's more money back in the over, whereas more of the public is back in the under. Also, we have some over-friendly trends for the Titans. They're 8-2 to the over-under in 10 primetime games since 2018. They're also 19-11 to the over-under on the road since then, and 17-12 and towards the over-under as an underdog since 2018. Nate, how do you see the Sunday Night Football game playing out? I'm
1: going with the under. The Rams are number five in QBR and lead the league in sacks. There's going to be no Derek Henry for the second time in four years. Uh, that's where we're at. I think all that's going to cause the under to hit.
2: That was your typical sportsbook minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast typical.com for terms and conditions. Twenty one plus only. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler in New Jersey. One 4700 in Colorado.
0: All right, Marcus. As we talked about earlier, the Raiders. Uh, a lot going on again this week. They're going to have to internally uh, handle some things. Going to play the Giants. And this is an interesting little matchup, right? The Raiders are going to Giants at MetLife Stadium, which, again, that place blows. Don't go see that. As a fan, you're not making a trip to MetLife Stadium, believe me. That, you, you, it's hard to even see what down it is. That, that stadium blows, Marcus. Um, uh, but the Raiders are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. It's another one of these East Coast 1 p.m. spots. Yeah, the Raiders played pretty well in one of those spots against the Steelers in Week 2, if you remember. They're coming off a bye. The Giants are coming off a short week. Terrible loss to the, to the, yeah. to the Chiefs last yeah. night. Yeah. So what's your leadoff take on Raiders, and especially at this line, they're giving away three and a half points on the road?
1: I mean, the Raiders should win this game. They're just a far more talented team. You know, Derek Carr's a better quarterback. But you do wonder a little bit, like, is this Henry Ruggs thing going to, you know, just kind of hang over them? It would be impossible for it not to if it was me out there playing. You know, one of your players on the team that you love and respect, and now he's just not going to be available. And you're wondering if he's ever going to come back. So... I think that's going to factor in some. But the Raiders, again, they're just better. I don't think the Giants have any answers for Darren Waller. I think the pass rush for the Raiders with Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby should dominate. And I don't think the Giants are all that good, Ryan. I mean, they scored 17 points against the worst defense in the league on Monday night. And they had multiple chances to score more. And um, Jason Garrett did Jason Garrett thing. So I'm just going to, I think I'm picking the Raiders.
0: Yeah. Jason Garrett is, he, he knows his, his offensive line is terrible, but like it's getting predictable. Jason, you're doing the same thing every week, like trying to do that thing, move the pocket thing. It's just not working.
1: Jason. Garrett. Can, can, my favorite part from that game on Monday night, the, the giants had the ball at the end of the half, both halves, right? Yeah. Uh, the two minute drives, they actually lost five total yards in their two, two minute drives in that game. Just absolutely incredible incompetence by that offense. So, yeah, I think you have to pick the Raiders here. Yeah, that's what happens
0: when you have no timeouts and Daniel Jones gets sacked every other play. Yes. Uh, and again, go. I mean, the Chiefs were all over him. That offensive line's really bad. They've had a lot of injuries. And uh, yeah, Yannick Ngakwe, Max Crosby, look out. I, I really like the Raiders, especially assuming Darren Waller's back, you know, and he's right. He be. The be. Yeah. He should be. Uh, the total, 47 and a half. A lot of these Giants games tend to go under because the Giants can't score, Marcus. And you saw it last night. I mean, the Chiefs can't stop anybody on defense and the Giants no. couldn't score. They couldn't take advantage, but, you know, all their guys. Here's another little take that I think Giants fans aren't going to like. You know, their, their receivers are soft. It's like Kenny Galladay, he <laughs> can't come back from a hyperextended knee and soft tissue injuries for Sterling Shepard, and it's like Man. on and on and on and on. Because like Kadarius Toney's in and out with some wrist thing, and Darius Slayton's like a shell of himself ever since he dropped a wide-over touchdown pass earlier this year. Like, that's a soft receiver group.
1: I don't know who hates the Giants more, me as a Cowboys fan, or you as a Patriots fan. So I, <laughs> yeah, I can seriously. just kind of tell it's coming out a little bit in your eye. But listen, uh, you can find him on Twitter at what, Ryan O'Leary, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. Send him, send him your thoughts, Giants fans. He calls you guys soft. So
0: there's no blue check mark there, though. So go easy <laughs> on me. All right? I'm just, I'm just a, I'm just a fanboy like anybody else. You're, You're just
1: right. a podcast, right? You're right. That's, that's such a
0: thing. I do hate the Giants secretly because of, of the Super Of course you do. Bowls. Why
1: wouldn't you? No, yeah. You don't even have to secretly hate them. We can just hate them together. It's no, fine. I've
0: I've tried to respect them for those wins. I have. I've tried my hardest. No, spe- no, deep can't. down, there's a deep-rooted hatred for the. What, what's
1: worse? What was worse? Losing to Eli Manning in the Super Bowl or Nick Foles? I, it's got to be Foles, right?
0: No, there's nothing worse than 2007, man. That, <laughs> that thing was so bad. We need we we needed that Super <laughs> Bowl. Understand. We need yeah. We needed that thing just to kind of hang just to just to have that you know to hang it over everybody's head forever. So let's end it with this. Is there anything more overrated than the NFL trade deadline? Every year we build this thing Ooh. up and nothing happens. I, I guess Von Miller was kind of a story yesterday on Monday, but nothing ever happens. Then Teams don't really make moves at the NFL trade deadline.
1: No, that's pretty bad. The supplemental draft if you're really into the weeds of the, the NFL, the supplemental drafts is about as bad as it gets. But the trade deadline, listen, we actually got a couple deals. Like we got Von Miller, what, a day before? We got Zach Ertz like a week before. Yeah, I, I right. think he did. If you look at some of the deals that happened over the last week, I think it's not as bad. We got Joe Flacco back to the Jets. That's a no, it's not really a big move, but yeah, you're right. It is overrated.
0: Oh, no, that the Jets move. I still don't <laughs> forgive Belichick for getting the same compensation as the Jets got <laughs> for Flacco for Stephon Gilmore. You gotta get out of here with that.
1: We, we should talk about your Patriots making a big move a couple years ago, trading a second round pick for Mohammed Sanu. Uh, really gonna help Mac Jones in his development, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, Sanu. That was a great move. My God. Yeah, Sanu. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so uh, so that was fun. Hopefully, Raiders fans enjoyed the show this week. I don't know about Giants and Packers fans; they probably no, well, we Hopefully, just, they're not we listening. just yeah torsion. Yeah. That's ho- right. Hopefully, they're not listening to the Raiders Wire podcast. But uh,
1: <laughs> we hopefully we <laughs> yeah. hope all people all fans are listening yeah. to this podcast. This is yeah. good NFL
0: content, one hundred percent. So for Marcus, I'm Ryndal, Larry. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>